0: Hi, folks, is Voss here from dot com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Today, we're honored to have a guest as a second time on the show, J.A. Jance. She's going to be talking to us about her newest book. It's coming out February 22-22, so 2-22-22. Got to love it. It's all twos. And her new book is called Nothing to Lose, a J.P. Beaumont novel. And this is, I believe, 25 in the series. I'll get a correction from her, I'm sure, here in a second. But she is on the show with us to talk about her new book. Welcome to the show, uh, Mrs. Jance. How are you?
1: I'm just fine, thank you. There you go. Did I
0: get that right? Is it the 25th in the series?
1: It's the 25th in the series. Okay. But Bo is sort of a sneaky character. He manages to work his way into other places as well. Mm. And so there are two books where he appears with Joanna Brady, in her series, there's one of the Walker books where Beaumont Mm -hmm. shows up, and he also turns up in last year's Allie Reynolds book, Unfinished Business. So he's a guy who gets around.
0: (laughs) There you go. So before we get into the new book, let's lay a foundation. Give us your plugs where people can find you on the interwebs in order of the book, please.
1: Well, uh, my... My website is jajans.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hard to remember. I have a weekly blog, which is sort of a window on my world of what's going on in my life in any particular week. It's, you can go back through the autobi- uh, through the archives and read, I think, 14 or 15 years of those blogs. So that's like reading my autobiography in weekly wow. dramas. Uh, I also have a newsletter and when people send me an email I'm the one who responds to the emails I I don't have a secretary who does the responding I I'm the one who does it autocorrect misspellings and all last week I tried to send someone a note saying thank you for being a loyal reader and autocorrect, changed it to a local reader, and of course to somebody who lived across the country. (laughs) But (laughs) not all the typos are mine personally, but I'm, yes, this is my 25th Beaumont book, but I have over 60 books, all of them in print in four different series, which isn't bad for a girl who was told in 1964 that I wouldn't be allowed to enroll in the creative writing program at the University of Arizona because I was a girl. And so, having all of those books out, many of them on the New York Times bestseller list, is sort of <laughs> the world's best revenge <laughs> against that guy. I've, I've looked, and as far as I can tell, the guy who taught creative writing at the University of Arizona never had anything published. So, how oh, dare wow. he tell me I couldn't write? <laughs>
0: Well, this is quite an accomplishment. I just got my first book out last year, my very first one. I'm 54, so I got to really work hard to catch up to you. It was 60 books.
1: Well, I didn't start until I was 38. I The first book I wrote was never published by anybody because it was 1,200 pages long. <laughs> Since I wasn't allowed in the creative writing program, I didn't know that there were some things I should leave out. So I put everything in. And while that book was out, I did find an agent. And the agent wasn't able to sell the book. And for good reason. It wasn't ready for prime time. But a lot of first-time writers, if they find an agent who isn't able to sell the first book, they fire that agent keep the manuscript, and get a new agent. What I did was fire the manuscript and keep the agent. And so that original agent, who didn't sell my first book, is still my agent all these years later. But while that book was out on the turndown trail, she suggested I try writing something that was totally fictional. That was sort of a thinly fictionalized true crime, that first book that never got published. So... I was living in Seattle. I was a divorced single mom with a full-time job selling life insurance. And in the fall of 1982, I started trying to write a detective novel based in Seattle. So I created this character. I named him J.P. Beaumont, Jonas Piedmont Beaumont. I gave him a place to live in the Denny Regrade area of Seattle, now called Belltown, by the way. And uh, I gave him a job. He was a full-time homicide cop for Seattle PD. And then I sat back and waited for him to do something, and he, he didn't do a blooming thing. For months, I could not... I couldn't get that book to gel. It just, it wouldn't work no matter what I did. It wouldn't work. So finally in March of 1983, I sent my kids to Camp Kyla for spring break. And then I got on the train here in Seattle to go to Portland to visit one of my friends from my life insurance days for the five days while my kids were at camp. I got on the train with a stack of new blue line notebooks and a fistful of ballpoint pens. And as the train pulled out of the King street station, I thought, what would happen if I wrote this book through the detective's point of view? That's what I thought. And then I thought, well, why don't we try it? So I got out a notebook, I got out a pen and I wrote the words, She might have been a cute kid once. That was hard to tell now. She was dead. All of a sudden, there I was on the back of Magnolia Bluff in Seattle. I was walking around a crime scene in J.P. Beaumont's shoes. I was seeing what he saw. I was hearing what he heard. I was hearing what he said, but I was also hearing what was going on inside his head. And J.P. Beaumont and J.A. Jance have been character and author for 40 years now
0: wow that's amazing incredible Uh, serendipity
1: it's I I had while I was in Portland that week I wrote 30,000 words by hand I I didn't have a computer then I had blisters on my (laughs) writing fingers the story was constructed in my head but I had to find the right (laughs) point of view to tell it. And so Bo's my guy. We've been together all this time. We've been together longer than I've been with my second husband. In fact, my, my second husband and my first date was the grand opening party for until proven guilty in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like about Bo is his sort of quirky sense of humor he he surprises me on more than one occasion. He was a full-time cop when I started writing about him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he had to he couldn't be at work all the time. So I needed to give him something to do when he wasn't at work. Well, I spent 18 years of my life with a guy who died of chronic alcoholism at age 42 a year and a half after I divorced him. And Turned out, I wasn't in the creative writing class where they say, write what you know, but I was smart enough to figure that out on my own. <laughs> so I had Beaumont drink. I knew a lot about drinking. And so I wrote four books in that series. I, when I sold the book, I thought it was a standalone book. Avon Books bought it as a series, and then I had to figure out how to keep on going. So the fourth book in that series came out. I was down in Portland again doing a book signing at uh, Walden Books in the mall down there. I was sitting out in the mall's hallway with my books on a card table in front of me, and a woman came up to the table, and she said, Bo drinks every day. He has a drink of choice. It's starting to interfere with his work. Does J.P. Beaumont have a problem? (laughs) Look at her and I said, these are books. (laughs) (laughs) But in the course of that set of signings, six other people asked me the same question. Wow! And I realized that what I had put into the book was a very realistic view of someone who is a serious drinker and who has not yet come to terms with it. Mm. So that was in book four. Beau goes into treatment in, he has his first blackout, undeniable blackout. He's had them before, (laughs) but he could always talk his way out of them before. He has his first blackout in book number seven. He's in treatment in number eight. And so he's been sober for way more books than he was drinking but I still have people who tell me they liked him better when he was drunk. <laughs> i worry
0: about this. Well, soul. he can always but, fall off the horse, you know. It doesn't matter.
1: But what I find is, whenever it's time to write a Beaumont book, he, he's grown. He's changed over the years. He's come. He's reconciled with his kids. He's married a wonderful woman. He's. Left Seattle PD, he worked for the Attorney General for a while, and now he's retired. So, in the course of our being together as character and author for 40 years, we both changed. We both got older. And, but what's consistent about Bo is whenever it's time for me to write a book about him, within the first couple of paragraphs, even, mm-hmm. I'm hearing his voice and hearing his quirky sense of humor. And at the beginning of nothing to lose, he begins with the uh, unfortunate announcement from Mel Soames, his wife, that uh, the shower isn't draining. Uh Oh, this is bad news, but that's one of the fun things about my books little pieces of my own history mm-hmm. end up in the stories. And <laughs> they're so implausible. People think, well, that couldn't possibly happen. But I can tell you for sure that I have a an up-close and personal relationship with the kinds of plumbing difficulties <laughs> that can develop if you attempt to flush an Irish wool pound sized piece of frozen doggy doodoo down interior plumbing.
0: Oh, that sounds like an adventure <laughs> in and of itself. It's just, huh. So, tell us about the new book, uh, "Nothing to Lose," and, and what's inside of it. What's going on these days?
1: Well, aside from the, it starts with the plumbing problem, uh-huh. and moves on from there. In
0: sounds like Wednesdays at my house. <laughs>
1: Um, In book number 14, a book called Breach of Duty, J.P. Beaumont's then partner, Sue Danielson, is murdered by an abusive Mm ex-husband. And people were shot when Sue Danielson died. I was shot when Sue Danielson died. But the thing about domestic violence is we all pretend that doesn't happen to anybody. We know it. It only happens to other people, and of course, by then, all my readers knew Sue Danielson, and they were really attached to her. And so, when she dies at her former husband's hands, it was really shocking. Mm. But that event, Sue Danielson's death, was a real watershed moment for Bo. It was what propelled him to. Pulled the plug on his career at Seattle PD. It was what set him off working for the attorney general's office for a number of years. But that event still haunts him. It's something that comes back to him uh, in nightmares over and over. PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that incident is still very much a part of his life. That night, Sue Danielson's young son's. Jared and Chris were in the other room when their father came in and, and was having this terrible row with their mother. And Jared reached out to Bo, and Bo said, "Take your brother. Get the hell out of there. And and I'll somebody somebody will come get you. But you get yourselves as far away from the incident as you can. Mm-hmm. And because." Jared did as he was told he and Christopher survived that night when their mother did not. Oh, wow. So now on this morning, when JP Beaumont is retired dealing with a plumbing problem and be decorating for Christmas, there's a knock on the door. And here is this young man in priestly attire who tells him his name is Jared Danielson. And he's come to Beaumont asking for help in finding his younger brother, Chris, who is now a missing person. Uh-oh. So, of course, Bo says yes to take on this task. And because he has skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And Jared disappeared in, or Jared Christopher disappeared in Alaska. And so Beaumont heads off to Alaska in the dead of December, when he never expected to go to Alaska at, in December. And uh, so a lot of this book takes place in wintertime Alaska.
0: Ah, cold. That's cold. a That's a heck of a time to go there, too.
1: So th- that's what the book is about. I spent five years as a through K-12 librarian on the Tohono O'odham Reservation west of Tucson. Mm-hmm. I told 26 stories a week in K through 6 classrooms. Some of the stories were the stories we all heard growing up: Little Engine That Could, Molly Whuppie, Cinderella, all of those. But I also learned and told the legends and stories of the Tohono O'odham people, the desert people. Hmm. And one of the hallmarks of Tohono O'odham storytelling is that a story must end where it begins. And Mm. it's interesting to see how that principle has meandered into the way I write stories. It's true in the most recent Ellie book, Unfinished Business, which starts and ends in a prison in Monroe, Washington. And it's true in this book as well.
0: That's amazing, man. That's amazing. So, is this a new territory for you to take a character to Alaska and write up in that area? Or
1: is it, I'm sorry,
0: is, is it new territory for you to write a, about a character in Al- up in the winners of Alaska?
1: New territory. I visited Alaska a couple of times, and I have friends up there who were able to help me with some of the details. Of the story, there there are some. They don't have counties the way other states do, and mm-hmm. they have different kinds of. In Tucson, uh, it, it, the University of Alaska at Anchorage, U of A A A. Got to get those terms right for the people who live there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're, 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 <laughs> they're okay. like this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I asked, I asked my friend Diana Conway, "Is there a word a real? There's a character in this book that I really love. As soon as I met Twinkle Winkleman, she was just the cat's pajamas." Mm-hmm. And so I asked my friend Diana, "Is there a word for uh, for people from outside?" who come to alaska and know absolutely nothing about it she said yes the word is chichako. and i was sure i had never heard that that term before and of course i used it in the book but then i mentioned that that terminology in one of my blogs and someone immediately sent me a uh, totally politically incorrect recording of an old time song squaws along the yukon are good enough for me and and the word Chichaco is in that song so <laughs> i had heard that song before but that word before but i didn't remember it
0: <laughs> that's amazing wow and so is, what are some other things you can tease out about the book for readers
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that uh,
0: what are some of the other things you can tease out about the book for readers? what's inside of it?
1: Well twink I think she is I, I, she's tough she is determined my my husband is a gearhead and I have I'm a secondhand gearhead. So for years we have watched Motor Trend uh Wheeler Dealers and last year they had an episode where they uh rehabbed a 1950 something International harvester uh all Well, I didn't even know International I I knew International harvester characters but I didn't know that they built the first SUV style suburban kind of vehicle mm-hmm. and as soon as I met Twinkle Winkleman I knew that was exactly the vehicle that she, she had to drive so she's a shuttle driver but her carryall the luggage rack overhead is stocked with spare parts oh really so if, if, well, gasoline and spare parts. So if she has any kind of car trouble when she's out in the wilderness, she can fix it herself. She is, she is a very interesting woman. But her, her name is Twinkle Winkleman. And when I created that name, I was thinking about that old Johnny Cash song about a boy named Sue. She's had the same kind of difficulties with her name, Twink. And <laughs> As Sue had with his name,
0: this is quite unique at all so do you how are you doing with new books? Are you planning on I mean this one stands alone, right, so people can read this one if they haven't read the other ones in the series
1: One of the reviewers said that they they had never read any of them, and they said, "You just pick it up and go, but I have a secret for years. People have told me that reading my books is like eating fritos because you can't read just one. (laughs) I have that problem. And if people end up liking this one, even if they're brand new to the series, they may want to go back and start from the the beginning. I have IORs who are in-order readers. I have DTRs. Those are dead tree readers. Those are people who only read books, either hardback or paperback. Then there are SERs; those are the sharp-eyed readers who spot typos and send them to me by express mail. Wow! So, uh, so a lot of the people who start with an, a new book will go all the way back to the beginning and start over. And of course, if they meet Bo in those early years when he was still drinking and carousing, uh, they might not like him very much, mm-hmm. but and it turns out, in uh, the book before the Beaumont book before this, one of his carousing nights came back to haunt him in the form of a granddaughter he never knew he, oh. from a child he never knew he had. So those early years of being sort of wild and woolly still impact his life. But what happened at the beginning is still part of his life. In in his 70s. And I think that's true for all of us. We all carry all that stuff, all that baggage from long ago with us, and we have to decide what we're going to do with it for good and ill, and or ill. And I try to make that be true for my characters.
0: That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So this is a pretty interesting.
1: I have to remember a lot of stuff, though. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got 25 volumes of this gentleman. You're like, okay, did we do this with them? Did we do Excellent. that with them?
1: I was, I was doing a signing for the seventh or eighth yes. Joanna Brady book. And I was at a book signing, and there were people in line, and there was a couple. There were about ten people back in the line, and they were just grinning at me. And I thought, okay. You've got, when you're an author, you sort of have to be situationally aware of what's happening in book signing because, generally speaking, there's at least one nutcase in the room. <laughs> the, one that, the one that I remember most vividly is the guy who came up to the table and said, Are you the lady who writes the murder mysteries? I said, Yes. He says, I've just been acquitted of murdering seven people. Do you want to write my book? Holy now, moly. So I'm aware of the people (laughs) in line at book signings. (laughs) That's an awful story. Okay, Whoever these people are, they're going to be the ones. So they came up to the table, and the guy introduced himself. And he said, are you aware that a character with my name died in Joanna Brady, number one, and now he's alive again in this book? that was that's when i started making a character list
0: oh really
1: (laughs) before that i sort of remembered stuff and it it took a while for me to paint my way out of that corner i had to i made the guy who is in the book the later book be the nephew and namesake of the guy who got knocked off early but i had to paint my way out of that corner
0: That'll do it. That'll definitely do it. Well, this has been awesome. It's, it's exciting to see that you're still writing books. You, I, I imagine, uh, are there more books for the Beaumont series on the slate?
1: I, I'm i writing the next Ally Reynolds book right now, and I don't know what will be next after that. I've sold more books, so I'm going to have to write them. <laughs> and I can see that the Yardman has appeared. The He's got the weed blower. Oh, as. As soon as my two dachshunds are aware of that, they are going to come racing in and raise hell.
0: Well, so. let's round this out. It's been wonderful to see you again, Judith. Thanks for coming on the show again. We certainly appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I've appreciated being here. And please send me a note when this is live so I can let my fans know.
0: We certainly will. And then uh, give us your plugs one more time. The dot coms or wherever you want people to go find j-a- you on the internet.
1: J a j a n c e dot com. And my blog posts uh, on the blog, both on my Facebook author
0: page and
1: on the blog every Friday morning. I told
0: you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Guys, order up our book, Nothing to Lose. Uh Uh, and uh, you want to get that? Uh, you can order it on Amazon where sorry. or sorry, sold nothing to lose. A JP Beaumont. Thanks to my eyes for tuning in. Thanks for uh, Judith for being here and continued success. Thank you very much.